Welcome to Charlie's Toolbox, the only podcast that teaches you how to be the main character in your life. Here, you can find all the tools and skills you need to decenter men, center yourself, and feel good about your life. Here's your host, researcher, observer, and marketer, Charlie Taylor. Hi there, and welcome to Charlie's Toolbox. And I'd love to introduce myself. My name is Charlie. I am a 30 plus researcher. I am a woman who has lived a very delicious life. I've dated men. I failed at dated men. And I've had extremely, extremely fun moments with men. Welcome to my community where I share lessons I learned and insights I discovered while studying myself, studying self-help books, and living courageously. Today, we are discussing my favorite subject, decentering men. So decentering men is a practice, all right? So you have to continuously do this thing. It's a practice for which you examine all the ways you do indulge yourself, held off, stopped your pleasure, did not pursue a task, nor reach a goal, because you are waiting for a hypothetical person to come and rescue you and help you achieve these things. It is a practice for which you examine the ways you organize yourself around the idea of obtaining a man. You may perform all dates. You may change your needs, your way of living, your way of being for men. It is a practice for which you notice how many times you've opted out of being the main character in your life. Instead, you opted in to be a man's side character or to be background noise in their life. It is a practice for which you decide to live with you at the forefront of every decision. When you decenter men, you acknowledge that structurally, You can organize and do things to destroy patriarchy and sexism within your community. But you can also confront men's position in your life interpersonally. The point is to examine all of the conscious and unconscious ways you place men above yourself. All right. So decentering men is a super personal process. A lot of people go through this process and they want to share it with others and others aren't quite, they have not reached that level. They're not interested in that knowledge and is maybe it's not a philosophy that they want to adapt. And that is perfectly fine. Decentering men is a personal practice because you can define your limit. You can define what that looks like and you can decide when to stop or when to go. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to, um, you know, tell you what's good, what's bad, what's right or what's wrong. I'm just simply here to give you tools so that you can develop your own definition and your own way of being when it comes to men. So the question begs to be asked, how do you decenter men? Number one, be realistic about men. Men are fun to have. They're super fun to have. They are exciting. It's exciting to go on a date with them. It's fun to be called beautiful by them and treated very well by them. But if we look at the numbers in terms of how they treat women, they are 
horrible. So here are some numbers for you. According to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, one in four women experience severe intimate partner violence, intimate partner sexual violence, and intimate partner stalking. According to a 2019 article on Science Daily, which I'll have all these articles in the link below, men have fewer skills to look after themselves, which is why when they are married to women, they tend to have a longer life expectancy. And when you think about some of these skills that they're talking about, they're just talking about eating healthy. They're talking about going to the doctor, creating an emotionally supportive community, which many of them do not do nor develop. According to the United Nations, the greatest threat to young women are their partners. Moreover, socially, they can kind of be lame. And if you think about some of the conversations you've had with men on dates, on apps, you left that conversation thinking, perhaps they don't know how to communicate with humans because they were either too aggressive, too sexual, too rude. They don't know how to keep the flow going on. They have nothing interesting to say. They have done nothing and been nowhere, have nothing to contribute. Or they have this, or they adopted this weird alpha male theory that people are practicing online that does not work. So realistically, you aren't losing out and you have to understand that. You really have to understand that. And I wanna take it a step further. Beyond the statistics, let's think about what it takes for men to be labeled as good or even great. So if you are a dad, you can show up just a tiny bit and you will automatically be labeled as a great dad. If you have a job or a college education, despite how little you contribute to the world or even to your family, you are considered a great man. And even if you do something heinous, like say R. Kelly or Bill Cosby, you are still venerated in your community. This low bar and standard we have for men, along with structures that protect men, but do not protect women, create a group of people who are deeply flawed and incompetent. Men do not have to do anything to get a good life or a better life. They can just exist. And unfortunately, men know this is a fact. And it is the reason why they don't develop these really good traits to keep them to, to these really good traits that adults typically adopt. They don't typically develop them and they don't develop them unless they truly truly want to but there is no incentive in this world in this society to push them to be good or to be better now i am not asking you all to forego your desire to be partner i'm not asking that from you I want to be partner. I know you guys want to be partner as well. I'm asking you to understand that it is your imagination and your yearning that's pushing your need for men. And let me explain this. The love, the kindness, 
the patience, the lessons that you wish you had from your caretakers, you are assuming or placing that desire on men, assuming that they will help you with those areas that you need. And the truth is more than likely they will not do that. Casually dating, they will not do that. Okay. Um, it may be reserved for possibly the love of their life, but even then it's not going to be given to the extent that you desire. So you really need to be clear about what you covet because you're not necessarily coveting men. You're coveting these things for which you did not get while you were growing up. And you're assuming that men will have those traits. But if we look at the numbers and we look at the statistics, men don't have those traits. So you really need to be clear about what you covet. Number three, take the steps to be happy now. Like take them, take those steps to be happy now. What you covet is happiness. What you think will bring it is men. But realistically, your happiness is in your own hands. And the reason why I have to bring this up is because we've indoctrinated young women to believe that their happiness begins once they are partnered, they become a wife, or they become a mother. That is when happiness is supposed to begin for women. So we often place ourselves in this sort of purgatory where we are waiting for our God, men, to come in and finally scoop us out of this kind of waiting area that we're waiting to really, you know, unleash our happiness. And this purgatory, um, we, it, the purgatory that we create in our mind, it leads to delayed actions. You forego gratification because, you know, what if your husband doesn't like it? Or what if your man doesn't like it? You decide not to reach your goal or you decide not to go aim for your goal because like you just expect your partner to be wealthy and he'll be the person that will do that and bring you along the path that you want. You decide that, you know, your happiness, that's not an action that you should try to, that's not a goal that you should try to work on. Um, you should work on having a man who will help bring you to that goal of happiness. This waiting and this holding off on life result in women having unfulfilled lives. And their family, friends, and associates, they feel their unhappiness. And you don't want to be the woman who holds that secret deep down in her heart that she is not fulfilled. That's a painful secret to hold. So learn what true fulfillment is. Learn what true happiness is and start to work on it with your own mind, body, and soul. Number four, expand your imagination. Expand your imagination. Society provides us with two options. Marry or happy, single, bitter, and alone. But there are women who live in that spectrum, in that gray area, and they are living in that gray area at 100% happiness, at 100% happiness. 
And they do so because they've expanded their imagination and challenged social standards. They do not believe that being single and holding their standards is the lesser choice. In their mind, the lifestyle for which created the most joy is the one that they're currently living. Dating and not finding a partner is not a less happy choice. Instead, it is a space for which you can refine your taste, okay? The life of women do not consist of miserable and alone than happy and married. So expand your imagination and realize women are choosing alternative lifestyles that are equally as happy as a married and partnered woman. These tips are starting points. These tips are starting points and I will make more content as I grow, but just know that you're the main character. That's what you are. And you can decide and choose whatever it is that you like. That's what you can do. So choose happiness and it doesn't matter what form it takes as long as you are prioritizing yourself. And on that note, you guys take care. For show notes, be sure to check out charliestoolbox.com. Follow Charlie on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Charlie's Toolbox. Thanks again for listening to Charlie's Toolbox.